Welcome to the Wild and Curious Podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. When we spoke with Jessica Dante for episode 23, she gave us so much amazing advice for London travel. So we wanted to share that with you now in a special bonus episode. Enjoy. So Suzanne and I are planning on going to London as soon as we possibly can. Yes. And we thought that we would ask you for a couple of recommendations. Uh, So I think for me first is what's the weirdest museum? Okay. So there's a museum here called the (laughs) Grant Museum of Zoology. um, And it's all animal stuff. It's a lot of skeletons. Uh, and then they have some like weird and quirky things. Like there's a jar of moles. <laughs> moles? Yeah. Wait. Like, like moles. <laughs> wait, oh. wait, like the, oh. like the animal or like the yes. skin color? Yes. It, no, no. Oh no. Yeah. I see where the confusion is. Um, okay, no, like the I, either way it's yeah, either way, it's weird, but I just want to know yeah. which weird. <laughs> the animal weird. Um, there's okay. 18 of them stuffed into a jar, and they're not alive, obviously. Oh. Um, so they have, like, really quirky things like that. They have a whole section that's all animal brains. Some of them are dissected. Some of them are just left alone. Um, that is probably the quirkiest. and the That's the weirdest museum, I think, that we might have in London. Okay. Yeah. That probably isn't an overrated tourist attraction. That's probably an underrated one. Which one is so overrated that we can just skip it and not even go? Hmm. (laughs) There is um, four attractions that I call the awful four. Like I can't even imagine why anybody would go to these. The ones that are under the awful four are the it's Shrek's Big Adventure, which is just why. It's oh my gosh, I wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please, for the love of God, do not, <laughs> do not waste your thirty-five pounds or whatever, however much it costs. It's probably even more than that. Okay, so, so Shrek's Big Big Adventure, and actually, like two of these are next to each other. Um, the London Aquarium, which again, I, I don't, I don't believe um, in animal captivity things like that. So. As a general rule of thumb, I, I would never recommend an aquarium, but the London Aquarium, it's also like right next to the, the London Eye. I don't understand how they fit all the animals in there. I don't know. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and the London Dungeons. Okay. It's just, it's very like kitschy and they do it for different cities. So it's not, it's not exclusive to London. It's very like theatrical versus actual, any actual that much history really um and then the final one is madame tussauds oh yeah those are everywhere i know yeah i don't it it, again it's like you could go to any of these in any place so if you're going to come to london you're going to fly all the way here please go to things that you can do that aren't in other places Great advice. Thank you. Um, What about a neighborhood to watch? Like something that's, I don't want to say up and coming. That's kind of like an annoying term, but something that most tourists don't know to go to. So I think 
Brixton is a good one for that. Um, so Brixton is South London. It is on the it's the last stop on the Victoria Line, um, and Brixton's re- has a really interesting history because it it has a really big Afro Caribbean population. Because during the Windrush era, a lot of the people from the Caribbean that came over during that time, a lot of them settled in Brixton. So they actually have. Uh, created this like amazing community there. Um, Unfortunately, it is going through a pretty significant gentrification. So there's been a lot of like back and forth with the locals in terms of how we help to support the small businesses that are in Brixton. And I mean, one of the ways we can do that is by going to Brixton and supporting the businesses that are have been there for so long, and that are not just Kate and are creating and bringing us things that we wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. So what I usually recommend is going to Brixton Village and Market Row. Um, And they are covered markets where they have like the biggest range of things that you can get. I mean, we're talking like vegan skincare to wigs to a sustainable (laughs) clothing shop. Um, They have some really amazing ethnic food markets. So if you're trying to find... Um, If you want to make like a recipe or something, it's a great place to go because they have tons of food that you might not be able to find anywhere else. Um, There's a bookstore that features, uh, they they sell books that feature um, main characters, children that are not white, which is really interesting. It's just really diverse um, and you can walk around and kind of just like it's a really good place to use your money wisely and support businesses that are doing a bunch of different things. Well, thank you for the Brixton recommendation. What do you think is the biggest misconception about Londoners? I think a lot of people kind of think that Londoners are all like um, Bert from uh, Mary Poppins, like (laughs) Cockney, uh, you know, chimney sweeps. Um, which some are and like the proper Londoners that have been in London for all their lives, like are so interesting to speak to because they have like these incredible stories. Um, and also tend to have like these really like hilariously and entertainingly outrageous personalities in a great way. Um, so, but as I said before, London is such a mix of people from literally all over the world that, I think like a lot of people actually come to London thinking it's going to be a very British experience and it's not, but that's what's so interesting about London is it's just so um, varied and your server might be from Lithuania and your tour guide might be from um, South Africa and your, you know, the person checking you in at the hotel might be from Nigeria. And it's just like, that's part of the fun of London is like hearing everybody's stories. And everyone always loves to hear like, oh, how'd you end up in London? How long have you been here for? And um, yeah, so I think that's the biggest misconception is that it's everyone's like very, very, very British, but (laughs) um, it is, it's not, but in an amazing way. So I'm a big fan of afternoon tea. And if I want to go like all out bougiest afternoon tea that I can possibly get, where should I go? I would recommend going to the Rosewood in Holborn. Oh, it's so nice. It is like, oh man, I think, yeah, it's definitely, I've done quite a few bougie ones and I think it's the one that I felt I got 
the most money for and it was it the one that was like truly high end um so it's they they have the afternoon tea in their their mirror room it's like one of the most beautiful rooms in london probably and their tea selection is if i remember it correctly i think this the server said that it was the first um tea to be imported to the uk no, you know what? I'm just, I, I like, might butcher I, this. I cannot so guarantee this that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll be honest though. Like, I'm less concerned about the tea. I'm more concerned about the little sandwiches. Are they good? <laughs> yes, the the little sandwiches are very good. They okay. also um, it's an art afternoon tea. So, and they they do switch it up sometimes. But um, they the sweets that come at the top of the tray are all inspired by different um, famous pieces of art so they're really beautiful um and yeah this the sandwiches but my personal favorite of an afternoon tea is the scones and the oh scones yes so and the cl- it's clotted cream yes they serve with it oh yes mm-hmm. mm. the jam and the cream and they come out nice and warm and it's like, oh, but all the whole experience is really lovely. And the champagne, I added on the champagne Wait, what? when I went. Yes. Yeah, you There's... can get champagne with the tea. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the really oh. nice places, you're able to do that. Like, I, I know, I understand that realistically, I can do that any anytime I want because <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> um, but it's just the fact that it comes with the tea that's so fancy. Yeah, I know. So fancy. It's so fancy. Yeah. I love it. Oh, oh my gosh. That makes me very, very excited for, for future London, Suzanne and Teresa. Good. Good. And Jess, because obviously you're going to be showing us around. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I can, if you guys are going to go for that tea, I'll meet you there. So. (gasps) Yes. Um, okay. So once travel does resume, what is your number one tip for visiting London? My number one tip is to, if you want to do one or two of the, you know, classic London attractions, go, go for it, do that. I'm not going to tell you not to go to the Tower of London if that's been, you know, on your bucket list for the last 20 years, but make sure that you are sprinkling in around those things, more local experiences, whether that's branching out and going to a locally recommended restaurant, stopping at a cool bar on the way to the next place or next attraction that you're going to, and making sure that you're making time for things to do that are outside of the the tourist bubble. Because as as great and as historic as like Tower Bridge and Tower of London and Trafalgar Square and all these places are, and they are so significant to the city, of course, um, by going to those places that are very geared towards tourists, you don't get the heartbeat of the city. You, You don't get to have conversations with Londoners to hear what it's like to live in the city, how they ended up there. Um, and that's that's where you you really feel like wow I've actually experienced London and I've actually understand this city a bit more um, than if you were just going to these attractions and kind of checking the things off of the list. So I always highly recommend everybody to really try to do the research. I mean, obviously, all across my website and my YouTube channel is <laughs> tons of videos. recommendations. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's literally a video called the 10 
hidden gem things to do in London that focus. It's a lot of small business. It's some um, lesser known museums. But when you branch out from that tourist bubble is when you truly get to know the city and you feel like you connect with it. If you'd like to hear more about Jessica's journey as an expat in London and get some more London recs, make sure to listen to the Wild and Curious podcast, episode 23. You can follow Jess Dante and get all the London tips at youtube.com slash London, or you can go to her website, loveinlondon.com. You can also find her on Instagram at, you guessed it, at London. If you enjoy listening to the Wild and Curious podcast and would like to contribute to helping us make this thing run, you can. You can Venmo us at The Wild and Curious or via PayPal at paypal.me slash The Wild and Curious. Anything you send, big or small, will go towards the costs of running a podcast that's dismantling the patriarchy. It means so much to us when people rate our show on iTunes and leave reviews. We read those sweet nothings, and yes, we cry about them. We also love it when people send our podcast to someone who they think will enjoy it. Feminists sharing feminist content is the best.